going along with it and she just kept screaming would you please stop the children are crying can you just try to enjoy today oh shit uh welcome to <laughs> failure to stop illegal shift merry christmas to you uh how about them cowboys and uh happy new year uh, let's go ahead and do it the growing calls across the nation to defund the just overpowered. Illegal shift on the kicking team. That penalty is refused. First down. Guns up, giddy up. Wolfpack, welcome to Failure to Stop Illegal Shift. It's one of only a few shows airing live this week. I think it's probably only like one of two or three. Maybe just nice. the only one. Jason, uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. Um, holidays got to me. I mean, just tired. It's a lot of. I'm, you know. I'm tired as I'm tired as fuck, uh, folks. This is my uh, my broadcasting partner, Jason Kiefer. He's a lieutenant uh, with a fire department somewhere in uh, Southern Ohio. Uh, Ohio doesn't have like a southeast or southwest portion, right? It comes down to a perfect V, and so it's just South Ohio, right? Well, they, they, we still call where we live, uh, Southwest Ohio. Question? Okay. What's that? So, somewhere in Southwestern Ohio. I was going to say, like, should I not be asking you a geography you question? Go. No, you're completely um, good, my man. Okay. I'm John. I'm an active number one dispatcher in the field. We're here to talk sports. Uh, we're here this week because sports continue, even though uh, a lot of people have the week off for the holidays. We know the first responders are still working. Uh Jason, you said that the holidays or Christmas wore you down. Uh, how was your Christmas? It was good, really good. I mean, I say a lot of hustle and bustle this year. It was, you know, somewhat more low key, but you know, you get all the build up to it, and then it happens and it's over, and and you're like, all right, well, now what? So now it's like, oh, it's time to sleep. All right, let's do that. <laughs> it's kind of kind of feels like a balloon popping every time we get to Christmas. I was someone that always really loved christmas eve for me like when it's christmas eve at night like that's the height of it like that's full-blown christmas and then christmas comes and then and then like i said the balloon pops and it's kind of this feeling it's over with and then by the afternoon on christmas you're just like well you know what do i do with myself uh i had a very interesting christmas this year you i think you'll appreciate this i i woke up about maybe nine or so uh pretty good start for me and uh I was doing my my morning ritual, you know, as it were, and uh, I smelled uh, I smelled the smell of like uh, electric electric burning. Uh oh, you know that there's a specific smell that's like that. I'm like, oh, it's probably just somebody cooking something, and they they're cooking it bad or wrong, which actually never happens in my house. So, so I'm lying to myself from the get go. <laughs> so I get up, and then uh, so it's finally snowing for the first time uh, this winter. Uh, and uh, it's a white Christmas, and what some people would find beautiful, I find detestable. I don't even understand the reason for winter. I don't know why we keep having them. <laughs> if it were up to me, we would just not have one. So I've um, got to go out there, and I'm I've got a shovel. Good. I've got a shovel, and I've got a salt because I've got I've got people that are leaving the house, and I don't want anyone falling. And my my loved ones would sue me for the insurance money. So I absolutely have to go out there and salt. I'm not only salting it, but I'm documenting it on a little on a little clipboard with the times that I'm salting so that they can't sue me. 
I was going to say very lovey, but I knew there was a reason behind it. So yes, it's mostly uh, risk management. That's right. Uh, so I'm going inside, and uh, one of my loved ones is getting ready to discharge himself from the premises and leave. And uh, I walk over to uh, uh, the dining room, and uh, I look at the vent in the floor. And there's smoke billing, billowing up out of there. Oh, shit. Now, Jason's uh, reaction of, oh, shit, is exactly right. You could tell that he has spent 20-plus years as a firefighter. You know, he knows a bad sign when he sees one. Right. It's his expertise in action right here. Oh, shit. That's how you get lieutenant right there. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a firefighter sergeant would have probably not even, you know, care about smoke billowing up from the lower <laughs> floor. And they would never make lieutenant. So I'm like, uh, so I'm like, oh, shit. You know, because I'm a number one dispatcher and I've heard things. You know, I've heard about smoke before. I've heard of this situation. So I go down. Uh, to the uh, basement and I hear this horrible whine which I will not replicate now but a horrible whine the bad smell is definitely all downstairs and so uh, I throw the breaker on the furnace and uh, sure enough I've blown I've blown a motor that turns the squirrel cage in the furnace so the squirrel cage isn't turning the motors just uh, engaged and not rotating anything so it was getting so hot that the upper limit alarm was going off it was it was hot inside the furnace gotta turn this thing off so wouldn't you know it jason on the first snow this winter and on christmas day itself i'm going to be calling an hvac person so uh i just know that although they came out and promptly fixed it in less time than it took to make a cake that uh, i'm going to be paying a premium fee on that just waiting for them to for the for the bill to come in the mail so <laughs> kind of a kind of a kind of a lousy christmas i mean it got fixed quickly and i I didn't the house never got cold and i didn't have to deal with like uh, the stress of it because i did get it fixed right away but just lousy like why why does stuff break on on christmas day any theories about that well and that's a I mean, yeah that's a hell of a way to spend christmas after you've bought gifts and done everything else and then now you're you're gifting yourself a new blower motor <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually repossessed a, a pizza pizzazz so that I could pay for that. Like I, I, I uh, the pile of gifts that was getting ready to be loaded up in that vehicle, I, I, I snuck a few of those off. So I said <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get the cash for that so I can pay for this. So, uh, when they get home, you know, they're not gonna have that pizza pizzazz, and they're gonna, they're gonna ask if they left it behind, and I'm gonna say, no, I, I, I know you took it. <laughs> have you seen my pizza pizzazz or my quesadilla maker? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to make your own quesadillas like a chump, like I do, in a fry pan, Grandpa. Right. No, no, no pre-cut quesadillas for you. So that's just goddamn lazy. Well, it really is. You know, like just use the pizza cutter. It's just, <laughs> it's fun to use a pizza cutter, Grandpa. What are you doing? Anyway, well, I don't very, know. <laughs> I'm very sorry to hear about that. That's yes. not the way you want to spend Christmas. So thank you, thank you for your firefighter condolences. I, I loved sharing that story with you because I feel like it was one that you could probably relate to. Absolutely. What was what was there being smoke at all? Smoke and all, yep. And an, yep. and the electric burning smell. The electric burning smell. Even after we fixed it, obviously, uh, you know, when the and the heater's blowing again, the house is warming up. You know, I can still smell it. So it's like really traumatizing me all Everything over again. smells and that smell takes forever to go away. It does. I smelled it actually today. I, the house was a little cold when I woke up. So when I when I woke up, when I when I became awake. <laughs> <laughs> I turn it on and I'm like, ah, damn it! Is it is it melting down again downstairs? But no, you're going into PTSD. You're like, 
I'm fully traumatized, folks. Uh, what one inconvenience happened to me, and I have been pushed too far. That is the end. Uh, speaking of speaking of overreacting to things, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the Chiefs meltdown uh, this past. Uh, I think it was Christmas Day. I actually missed this game because this is while I was dealing with the fire. Um, I think it was literally at the same time was when that guy was in my house when this was happening. Uh, but the Chiefs had a, a bit, of, a couple of blunders on offense, uh, giving the Raiders their hated uh, AFC West rivals an insurmountable lead, and the Chiefs uh, were having uh, none of it. Uh, I've got some clips here. Hopefully, uh, I have edited them correctly. I want to see if I can play uh, some of the videos uh, from what happened that day, so we can get an idea. But I wanted to play this in, in reference to the fact that uh, recently, uh, during that Bills game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was sort of melting down after the game. We can see here he fumbles the handoff to a running back, gets picked up by some guy in white who plays for Las Vegas, I guess, and uh, gets uh, run back. And then on the very next offensive play, uh, number 18 for the Raiders uh, picks off Mahomes, and he goes over to the sidelines, and his, and his weird eastbound and down voice is over there yelling at everybody. Uh, <laughs> He's in he's in his cape as well, which I think takes takes away from the, the fury of it. Travis Kelsey throws his helmet, and uh, his coach Andy Reid's got to kind of bring him back down to earth. But I I understand that these plays, uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about uh, fumbles happening because obviously that happened in the Cowboys game, back to back. You know, this is just what NFL play is like, and I think the Chiefs aren't used to this. I think everything kind of comes easily for the Chiefs. Because they are so talented, and when they're when they're faced with uh, just uh, you know shit happening, I think that they're not very good at handling it. I think uh, that's I, yeah. I think I'm I'm not sure about Patrick Mahomes and his leadership ability. You know, he's seen as this consummate nice guy in all of his ads and things like that. And, and Travis Kelsey maybe less so, just because Travis Kelsey kind of looks like a prick to me. I, I'm basing that on nothing at all, by the way. I have no reason to say that. Uh, but uh, you know, what's your impression of the of the Chiefs? Do you think that uh, Patrick Mahomes has the leadership to to keep together a locker room and in the bad times? It's easy to do it when things are good, as things are for the Chiefs. But what do you what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, to what you said, I mean, he he's not used to that. He's not used to having to to bring his guys back, you know, from the ledge, you know, the, the Kelseys and you know whoever else, you know, Pacheco. But watching, I, I love nothing more than watching him. That I mean, even the look on that little graphic, you know, those facial expressions, him him screaming like a little girl. You know what? You're the quarterback, a multi, multi, multi-million dollar quarterback. You have to get your ship together. You have to get your, you know, you have to right the ship, get back on there, your next play, and don't make those plays, you know, back-to-back offensive drives. I mean, but we're just not used to seeing this. But it shows that they are human. And where everyone at the beginning of the season was, you know, stroking the Chiefs, you know, all through. And now all of a sudden, all these pundits are jumping ship and, and kind of leaving, you know, leaving the KC bus behind. I, I think it's amusing, but I would hope that he could he could handle himself better. And then in turn, the rest of the team would. Uh, yeah, I, with this loss, the Chiefs have given up the number one seed in the AFC. So they're going to be working hard throughout uh, Wild Card Weekend. Uh, playing somebody, uh, and uh, they've lost the number one seed. Uh, what's interesting to me is the reason why I actually showed the plays is that he fumbled the handoff to the running back or the fullback or the halfback or whoever that was, 
Uh, so he fumbled that, and then on the next offensive play, he threw an interception. Aren't those kind of both his fault? I mean, why is he yelling at somebody else when the, those two blunders are on him? I mean, fumbles happen to the best players. Yeah. Uh, it happens sometimes. It's too bad. And uh, that was a costly fumble. But the interception also is something that happens to NFL quarterbacks all the time. And I if you watch the interception, he floated it. I mean, it, it wasn't a great throw. So that's, yeah. on, that's on nobody but him. Now, yeah, whether he's right. yelling at his offensive line, hey, get, I need more time or whatever. I, I didn't see that specific play, you know, in real time. But the fumble, I mean, I'll give you, I don't want to necessarily call it a trick play, but it's not your typical handoff. Right. It, it, it appeared it was going to have a little bit extra, you know, added into that play. And I don't know. I'm trying to see who that was. Because I, I just, I, I really don't remember. But uh, uh, that's Pacheco right there. So you got you got Pacheco taking the snap. Did he take the snap and then hand it off? It looks like it. Uh, yeah, he did. Pate- yeah, Pacheco's in the Wildcat. He's taking the snap from Patrick Mahomes. So you're throwing you're throwing Mickey Mouse plays in towards the end of the season. I can relate because my Bengals did it multiple look, times. Look at that. He had he had it in the bread basket. He had it right in the fifteen. So it got the ball got seeded. I love the fact that you have this, like, you know, broke down like this. That's perfect. I know. I'm like a real-time, real-life sports chess guy. Uh, we're going to lose he, you. He had it seated. He takes it out with the left hand because he's going to roll around and, and see if he can. But, you know, I guess the one thing I would say is the offensive line, whoever's supposed to be blocking for him in this, uh, you know, like you said, uh, razzle-dazzle, like, nonsense play. He obviously doesn't have the protection needs. But look at this player right here. Even if he's got the ball in his hands secured, he's about to take a sack anyway. <laughs> Right. Uh, so, which, whatever, a sack for a loss, you know, that's not good either. But he he dropped the ball himself. You know, he as he took it out of the bread basket. You know, he he should be holding onto it with both hands, particularly if he's under pressure. I know he's going to be getting into a throwing stance, but he did it maybe a little prematurely. That's just that's just me who who can't even throw a ball is saying that. But he <laughs> lost the ball, and uh, you know it, he gets. He gets hit, and somebody else scoops it up and runs it back. I mean, that's just how it goes. And on the next play, I mean, uh, I don't, I kind of cut out some of the extra angles on this. Uh, but on the next play, you know, he's he's throwing it out to the right, and uh, the the ball just it gets intercepted. That's just what happens. The he the, the whoever eighteen is, if he's a corner or whatever, he undercut the receiver, just dove right in front of it and caught the ball. I mean, that's Jack all Jones happened. is that guy's name. Jack Jones. Are you sure there's not a silent G in it, like Oglave? <laughs> Like Oglave. <laughs> I'm going to get that guy's name changed. Let him write on that. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to uh, bring in uh, somebody who probably has something to say on this. And if he doesn't, then I've made a huge mistake and shamed us all. Uh, but uh, we were talking about the Chiefs uh, last week and the week before and their loss to the Buffalo Bills. Let's get in Jake. He's the host of a uh, hard time. Uh, Jake, uh, w- w- what are your feelings about these uh, Chiefs jabronis? If anything, go ahead. Just nothing from Jake. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was the consummate professional. I was muted. Um, I'm just trying to balance you out, John. Thank you. So uh, I was trying to watch the highlights and stuff of this game, and all I saw were, were little clips and stuff like this. But I, I think the funniest thing that I saw was where he put his hands up like this. I don't know if it was the same game where he's trying to show the receivers like how to catch a ball. Oh, that's, that's right. <laughs> he's like do this. he's like do this like use your hands 
I'm not sure what to do with my hands now. But um, but he, yeah, it's like they just they just they just start floating into the screen. Um, so now with the current seedings, actually, uh, I do know who they play. They play the their the number six seed is the Buffalo Bills currently. So oh shit! Team. So you're headed for another showdown uh, in Kansas City, I presume. Uh, right. You, so we still, division, right? Two, yeah, we still have a week or two. Yeah, we still have a week or two. Yeah, the division is still still up for grabs. It's still a possibility with some wins and some losses. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be exciting to see how things sh- shift around over the course of the next week or two, the last last weeks of the season, to see where things go. I don't even know, um, like, how they're going to do. I was looking at, oh, I should try to take time off to watch the, like, Miami game. But then I don't even know when it's going to be scheduled now because they're like, oh, it's a flex. We'll, we'll let you know when and where it's going to be and – like you know who you're playing, but you don't know where or when. So it's it's the same thing with our last game versus the Redskins, which I'm sure is just going to end up being a noon game because it's the Redskins. But you know it's it's TBA. You know they're just gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna figure it out, and uh, you know it wouldn't be broadcast in my area anyway, just because it like I said it is the Redskins. But there's still 24 teams in contention for uh, for the playoffs, which is a lot. But what were what are your thoughts on uh, Mahomes' leadership abilities? How is he going to captain this ship through a time of stress? Uh, I think he he turns into his brother as soon as it gets stressed. He he kind of turns and in, turns into like a little bit of a sideshow. I mean, I've never been like a I, he obviously is talented, um, but yeah, he just kind of sashays on and off the field like this and does his thing, and and he's not used to when things don't go right. So I I don't know if he has the leadership ability and you know understands like you said, what to do with this type of adversity. It should be, should be interesting to see if they're able to write the ship or not. Um, but uh, now they have a whole new fan base. They're disappointing this season. So with uh, the Swifties. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, to me, it's like so much of it is in the voice. You know, he just, he just seems like a 12 year old kid. I don't know. It's not fair to say that at all. Uh, he has quite made it, hasn't quite made it through the change. He hasn't made it through the change. I just want to just note for the record that Patrick Mahomes does have enough money to have me killed. <laughs> That's if, all I'll say about that when I sit here and challenge him. Uh, have you, you, have you guys seen the memes that they're, they're comparing uh, Taylor Swift to Yoko Ono? I have yeah. not, but I mean, I've been <laughs> through this before when uh, the they're Cowboys her, were... They're called her uh, Yoko Swifto. <laughs> That's uh, probably uh, yeah. She's breaking up the band, obviously. <laughs> everything going wrong with with Travis Kelsey there. Uh, but I mean, I went through this before too with Jessica Simpson dating Tony Tony Romo. Uh, we were on a roll. We were gonna, you know, the Giants ended it's up like going to, to the to the uh, Jessica Simpson. She's some kind of singer. Uh, the Giants <laughs> went to the Super Bowl that year, and uh, the Cowboys uh, were the only thing that stood in their way, and because of because uh, of fucking Jessica Simpson and Tony Tony Romo being distracted. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw the two. I, th- I think I sent you the the meme. I thought it was interesting. This is very highbrow um, official sports that they they had. Uh, they gave up a fart, a fumble, and returned for touchdown. And then they called the next one the taint, a touchdown after interception, back to back. You know, I didn't even upload that, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sure you didn't. That's why I made sure to include it. I looked at all of your memes that you sent me yesterday. All this pro bills propaganda. I'm like, I'm, forget it. I'm not going to prompt you anymore. Propaganda. Um, 
anyway, uh, something I did get to watch, which made me feel happy over the Christmas season, which no one's going to understand, but uh, the Lions won their first division title in 30 years. Uh, Ford Field's going to host its first playoff game ever. The last time the Lions won uh, the Central Division, uh, they were still playing at the Pontiac Silverdome, which has been uh, condemned for some time, and it's a place where angels weep. It's a very sad place. I don't know if you ever look up pictures of the Pontiac Silverdome, but uh, it's always weird to me when you see these old uh, NFL stadiums and like they still exist, but like they're just tattered. Like uh, the Houston uh, Astrodome is the same way where the Oilers used to play. Anyway, uh, so the the Lions are are uh, making real progress. Uh, they're improving off of uh, their 2021 record, which is three thirteen and one. I remember that year where they just couldn't get a win, and then uh, they were they were winless, and then they finally got a tie. And uh, got Dan, a tie. Campbell, <laughs> Dan Campbell made a comment of like we're we're in the twilight zone or something here. We just cannot get a win, <laughs> and then uh, they finally had three wins for the season. Normally, that would finish off a coach, even in Detroit. But somehow they stuck with Dan Campbell. They went nine and eight last year. I remember their uh, victory over the Packers, which kept uh, Aaron Rodgers from going to one more playoff contention for them. Uh, I remember that they, all they had to do was make the first down; and they could run off the clock, and it, it was great to see Aaron Rodgers uh, defeated that way. That was the last time he would ever suit up in the green and gold. And of course, just an interesting tidbit: uh, Dan Campbell was on that winless 2008 team. So there's only been a few teams in the history of NFL football have uh, had winless seasons. The Lions have had two of those seasons, and he was on one of them. And so I think Dan Campbell is someone who understands adversity. I think he understands how not to do things, even though Rod Marinelli, I think, was the coach at that time, and Rod Marinelli ended up doing great defensive things for the Cowboys. I just wanted to say congratulations overall to the Detroit fans, uh, particularly anyone that has uh, fought off the strong inclination to commit suicide their entire <laughs> lives, and you're still here to see this day. Go out, go out now to ProMid. You get that uh, NFC North Champions T-shirt. You know the thing that the, the <laughs> Packers fans don't even bother to pick up. Go get it because you've earned it. Um, he seems like, he's like a coach, like a like a player's coach, like somebody yeah. you want to play for. I mean, he's he's emotional, but yet he's I mean he's he's mean as hell. He but is. but I think all his players, I mean they've they've got confidence in him, and 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 he's got the respect of the locker room, which I think is awesome. Uh, yeah, I said this a few weeks ago, but uh, sometimes I see Dan Campbell and I kind of wish he was my coach, you know, like when you're at soccer practice and you see Billy's dad picking him up and you're just, I wish Billy's dad loved, I wish my dad loved me like Billy's dad did. You know, we don't have a Dan Campbell type. I don't think Dan Campbell could survive in Dallas because Dan Campbell's not someone who's going to just do what Jerry Jones tells him to do, which is exactly why he's successful. Uh, Jake, any, uh, any lions uh, thoughts or any, do you have any thoughts on the fact that like the lions and the Browns are winning teams this year or like, you know, talk about living in a twilight zone. We've never had this our entire lives. Right. I know. No, I, I was, I have a few friends that are lions fans and I'm happy for them. Yeah. They, they don't, this is usually the time of year where they put that noose up and they don't have to, um, they don't have to kick the stool out from under them for the final few games here, that's, that's wonderful to watch uh, the lions win a division title. That's, that's amazing. I, I don't really have much more to say on it. I haven't followed them. I don't, you know, I'm not like in Dan Campbell, I trust, but uh, yeah, definitely happy for the fan base. What, I, what I'm happy about most of all, is just that it's not the Packers or the Vikings uh, you know, mm. the bears, I guess, you know, I don't, actually dislike the bears compared to the lions the lions have had uh they they once they're under the curse of bobby lane there was once a quarterback for them named bobby lane he got traded to pittsburgh 
this is way before the merger back when Pittsburgh was an NFL team before there were conferences. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But uh, Bobby Lane, who was a consummate drunk, <laughs> sometimes even like drinking at halftime, uh, <laughs> he would say uh, the the Lions will never win again. And sure enough, you know they had they had a you know some success since then, but really. Um, Nothing has happened since the curse of Bobby Lane. They were they have not been league champions since then. Interestingly, this season or last season, uh, on the episode of Peyton's Place is Walter or not Walter Payton. Walter Payton is, has passed away. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> breaking news. Walter Payton is gone. Dead since nineteen ninety nine, but I'm breaking the news right here. Peyton this is why Manning. we do a sports show. This is why we do a sports show. At least I corrected myself. At least so I like I'm out of the chats, like trying to fix it like last week when I accidentally named Burrow instead of Flacco. Anyway, Peyton Manning, totally different guy than Walter Payton. Peyton Manning uh, and uh, Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber and other things uh, broke the curse of Bobby Lane by performing a ritual at Ford Field. And uh, they just did it for the fun of this little ESPN show. And uh, somehow it actually legitimately did break the curse of Bobby Lane. So if you have ESPN Plus, if you get the Disney package, I encourage you to watch that episode. You can actually see uh, the juju unfolding of why we were able to... Uh, besiege bobby lane in the afterlife to forgive the lions and sure enough look what has happened since we did that that ritual which i believe did involve a bath ball of, of, of methyl alcohol so you know i'm not sure what is going on or how they fixed it but congratulations to the lions and uh haha to the packers who have enjoyed 30 years of, of winning and now they don't know what to do either uh jason this is uh, the thing that you wanted to talk about i should have read the article just so that i would know anything you know, this is always the dangerous lane that we're walking. That we, uh, although uh, we're better than many sports sportscasters, because uh, we don't just uh, react to things and then never take it back. Like I, I'm always being put on watch around here to take back <laughs> the things I have said. Uh, but uh, let's talk about this uh, touchdown that was worth four hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars for one person who made a fourteen-leg parlay bet. Yeah, what that's. That's that's what I thought was interesting. Like this this guy, his name Travis Duffner, put a five dollar bet on a fourteen leg parlay. Now, if you're not into gambling or don't know, that means that you have to hit all fourteen of you know whatever picks it was. So it was a bunch of different running backs, fourteen different running backs that needed. It may not have been all running backs. I'm, I'll I'll walk that back, but he needed fourteen touchdowns from fourteen specific people. And he well, was waiting I'm on. Look it up while you're talking. You keep going. And he was waiting on McCaffrey. Well, there's a video, and I think it's in that, in what I sent you, John. But there's a there's a Twitter video of him and his buddies watching, you know, in full anticipation. Now, like I said, a five dollar bet paid a hundred thousand to one odds. So, McCaffrey gets in, and in this video, they're they're sitting there waiting to make sure that the touchdown's good. And they react because it is. So that five dollar investment got him four hundred eighty nine thousand plus some. Kind of makes you wonder why we're not all doing things like this. (laughs) I'm not that so. Well, I know, but don't you have five bucks to throw around? Oh sure. And my Uh, counterparts on one war, we talked about it, and um, yeah, if if I'm if I'm going to do a bet, I'm going to do. You know, a low investment bet with high odds and just hope for the best. And if it doesn't happen, okay, I lost five bucks. You know, it makes it you know a lot more interesting than than just betting eight bucks to win ten. 
you know, depending on what, how the odds are set. But I couldn't imagine on, on, I mean, what a Christmas present this guy got, you know, essentially gave himself and McCaffrey gave. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Here's what the article says. This is from Fox News. It says the New Jersey better identified as one Travis Duffner started the week 16 slate of NFL games needing touchdowns from Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Gabriel Davis, Jameer Gibbs, DK Metcalf, Jerome Ford, Chris Rodriguez Jr., Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Javante Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, and DeAndre Swift. So this guy made a $5 bet that each of these guys would get a touchdown. And I wonder I wonder if it had if if he if there were other people on there and he only had to like you know get a certain percentage of them or like to get this much money or if he had already won like being one shorter if it literally if he literally played this like the lottery where like you have to get all the numbers correctly no a parlay a parlay yeah. works where you have to get everything there okay. is no, yeah there is no uh, you get 50 percent or whatever no you have to hit all of them so if, but why the hell aren't we all doing this then i mean i'm i'm morally opposed to gambling i guess but i mean i like you know i'll throw five dollars around at the gas station i don't care all right I guess because if all of us did it, it would throw off <laughs> like they, you know, we they would pay out much less if all of us did it uh, they, because they don't have that much money. Or would they, I, you know, I don't know. In between that, uh, you know, with the, my I, conf- I just know that I'm a chump, but I don't know exactly why. <laughs> I'm, I'm barely running a fantasy football team right now. It, it seems like none of my players get off, even get off the fucking plane to show up. So I, I stopped. Playing confidence I would football. have to throw 14 out there, 14 people. There's no way. Yeah, I stopped playing fantasy football to me a few years ago. See, first of all, I was like, it wasn't my team at all. Like, I, I sat there and I'm like, I, you know, this is who I want on my team. And it's like, well, those are options aren't even available. You'll pretty much get one of those guys. And then after that, you're just like doing the best you can in the draft process, which I always got screwed in the draft somehow. Absolutely screwed, which all of us do. And uh, and then, yeah, just every week, like I'm trying to make trades to like cover some sort of because I was never projected to win. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did win. Uh, I've never, I've never played a year of fantasy football where I didn't win. In fact, the last league where I ever played in with the league was literally called everybody beat Bates. And it's not because I'm amazing. It's just because I'm lucky. Like at one point, like I had my tight end was uh, Baltimore's Dennis Pitta and he had been an injured reserve for like four weeks. And I didn't notice that I wasn't getting points for that. I just, it didn't come up. So I stopped playing because I realized it would never, it would never truly be my fantasy. And it caused a conflict of interest. Like uh, when my opponent in fantasy has Des Bryant and I'm trying to watch a game on Sunday and like, I'm getting this distracting thought, like I don't want Des Bryant to score. And I'm like, well, well that's morally wrong. I don't want to feel that way. So I just stopped. I stopped feeling. Uh, I stopped the conflict by just discontinuing fantasy football. John Johnson is in juxtaposition. I don't know what I want. I don't know. What I, I don't know what I want. I always wanted Des Bryant to score, though. Looking back on it, I never appreciated Des Bryant the way I should have. Jake, uh, did you ever play fantasy, or do you now? I didn't know. I just and I I thought that was just the time you stopped feeling. Was at that point maybe we had just had a breakthrough. We found the exact point. Oh no! I stopped feeling as a kid. I, I remember oh, being okay. like four or five, and you know, wishing I had never been born, <laughs> and knowing knowing that I would probably be about eighty years old before I would die. You know, I was like, well, I don't want to feel this way for the next seventy-five years. You know, when I'm living, yeah, in, when I'm living in some kind of fucking shack on the moon, and all my all my food is in pill form. I don't want to be feeling this way. So I just just I disconnected at that point. Once I was okay. done with the kindergarten, I was I was fully rounded out as as a total sociopath. <laughs> yeah, no, I I haven't played the uh, fantasy football um 
I, I find the concept interesting. It would be it would be fun to do, but um, I've gotten offers, I guess, from people at work. The only thing that I've ever bet on at work is like when somebody's going to uh, try to run or like how long they're gone before they come back to jail, uh, things like that. I'll put five dollars down on those um, here and there. I actually, have one that I, if if my calculations are correct, it should be getting in the Sally Port sometime this evening. Um, you uh, you text me when that happens because I want to know. <laughs> I want to know if you if you're winning that bet. Well, and uh, I I just have to be closest. I don't have to uh, I don't have to be directly on. And if it goes over, I'm still good. So um, as long as nobody else put it down, I won five bucks. So therefore, I should probably put it on a 14 point parlay or something. Now. You probably should. You should probably like look go through like your past <laughs> records of frequent flyers and like I'm gonna put I'm gonna put five dollars down. That these, you know, they they 14 previous inmates, they're all gonna be booked before the first of March. And then when that happens, like the the jail has to pay you four hundred and eighty-nine thousand dollars. I love that That's idea. Good. Yeah. And then and then I can retire before twenty-five years. You could. For I mean four hundred and eighty-nine thousand dollars. I mean, what can you buy with that? A single wide now? Probably. Yeah, but uh <laughs> You know what pissed me off about that is that the, the bank will not give you money to, to buy a, a, a trailer because they mm -hmm. know I would fucking leave with it and not pay right. bill. Um, <laughs> that's something I just found out this past summer. Is that no, I, I have terrible luck going into casinos. I always get bothered by security and stuff that half dozen times I've been in there. Uh, in in three different states, I've been hassled by secu multiple security guards every time I walk into a casino. So I haven't even gone, even though they, they do have sports betting at the casino. And it's not even very far from the jail I work at. It's, you know, 15 minutes from my house, but um, I still haven't been in there. So I don't know. Maybe I should be throwing five bucks around here or there. Maybe you should. It definitely makes you think about it more now. Like, I mean, like John said, you throw $5 around the gas station, you know, getting a beverage and beef jerky or whatever hit that up on DraftKings or a, a sports book or whatever. I, yeah. I really honestly don't look at, you know, the, those prop bets and the parlays and stuff. And I don't do a whole lot of sports gambling because it's pretty much guaranteed whatever I bet on, it's going to be the opposite. So <laughs> I've just, I've just come to well, terms. What I, what I should do is do parlays based off of what you bet on. There you go. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll keep it posted each week and, <laughs> So start gambling and then tell me what that is. And then I'm going to go the other route. I mean, it makes, it makes some sort of cosmic sense, right? Like we would at least be able to test out if you're right. Because if I walk away from that, you know, flush with cash and you continue to be a John styled chump, then we'll know that like the universe really is against you. You know, on the other hand, like I just implied, the universe certainly has a problem with me being in it. So I almost wonder if it would be some kind of like uh Double fault, like it'd be like like you and I would bet on the outcome of a let's say a Bills Bengals game that just never gets completed, you know, like something <laughs> like that would happen. <laughs> um, uh, this is starting that, to sound like a Christopher Nolan film or something. I'm getting confused. It's yes, it's, it's very Inceptiony right now. There's different layers and things happening at different times, and it's all affecting each other. Uh, before we get into the last round, in which I will get very preachy and angry, and I will probably swipe everything off my desk in an angry gesture, let's uh, go around the room and see how things went this past weekend. Uh, Jason, my condolences on the Bengals losing in, in horrific fashion to the hapless Steelers. Do you have uh, thoughts, feelings about what happened there? Uh, kind of give us details of the game. Jake Browning didn't get benched, did he? 
No, no. Okay, um, just making sure because 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 uh, you know played like you should have, but and and we had this we had this conversation after the game, and it was you know all of the build up with Browning and and what he was doing, you know how great he was playing. Does this does this take a luster away from that? I don't think it does because not every quarterback, and we've seen it with Mahomes, doesn't play you know top notch every game, but. There is nothing worse being a Bengals fan than going into Pittsburgh and losing that way to those sons of bitches because they're not good. And our Bengals team, even with a backup quarterback, is that is is be- at least better than them. Um, so yes, it was very uh, a very somber somber game and day. Um, I did not brush my teeth with a pistol, which was good, but the thought crossed my mind because there is nothing worse than losing to the fucking Steelers. I also hate them. Did you get swept by them this year? Yes. Oh man, I'm sorry. Our division, our divisions whooped our ass. But then we, then we come back against winning teams, and you know we're what eight and two or whatever it was mm-hmm. against against good teams. But our division, and not to say that you know, obviously Baltimore's very good. Cleveland's Cleveland's defense is is really good. Now you got Flacco coming off the couch after putting his PBR down and you know playing playing well. So I mean it's I mean we've lost them I mean that's just all all there is to it but very frustrating. But you're, you're not out of playoff contention though, right? You're still one of the 24 teams that's still in it, right? Correct. We need to win out, and they I think the stat I saw if we win out, which we've got we've got Cleveland and Kansas City still. Um, if we win out, there's like a 90 percent chance that we're in, but that's a that's a pretty long road, pretty long road to get through. Yeah, the wild wild card situation there is not good. And even if you're handed a seventh seed, you know we the when the playoffs expanded to to three wild cards, we all that has been a joke ever since then. The seventh seed never does anything. You'll, the seventh seed will go in with a 500 record and uh, injuries all over the place, and they just get wiped out. And they're just they're just fodder and uh, just a bullshit money making game for the NFL to broadcast. So right, I agree. There's also some sliver of hope, I guess, you know, so I don't want to really take that away from you, particularly when you've already expressed thoughts and feelings of harming yourself, you know, like, uh, which I'm not going to take seriously because I don't want anyone calling welfare checks on me. But, you know, holy <laughs> shit. Uh, what a weekend. Uh, Jake's feeling good uh, and he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you barely won against the Chargers. Uh, I, I wasn't able to watch that game because I think that game was fucking on Peacock for no reason. Which Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Uh, that has made people mad that you have a, a Christmas Eve game that's uh, exclusive to uh, a channel that no one has, and mm. no one's going to use up their free trial to watch that. And uh, I, I think they even had streaming troubles. But did you watch the game, or did you watch the highlights, Jake? Or, or I did the, watch the game. Uh, I'm one of the eight people now that have Peacock. Um, <laughs> for, so I was like, oh, there's this one other show that uh, Madge wants to watch. So I guess we'll we'll binge watch that, and then. By the time we get to the playoffs or whatever, I'll get rid of it. I guess. Did you um, already have it? No, I didn't have it, but it was like they give you five. a free trial. Uh, I think I'd used it before earlier in the season for a different game because I don't have cable. So, because I had heard um, they weren't giving free trials out out for this for this week. They may not be, um, but like I said, I've I've already used mine up when I got it earlier in the year, so I paid you know five ninety nine. I'm like that's a lot cheaper than me going down to the bar to watch it. Sure. Um, cause, cause that'll be, you know, add a couple zeros. Yeah. But you're teaching them that, that they should do this and that they'll be successful though. 
Right, which is easy to say when you're on a national broadcast, but when it was the only way I could watch the game, and I actually had the day off to watch the game because I work, work Sundays. So I was like, it's a Saturday game. I'm going to watch it. Um, and, and like I said... But why, the... but why didn't you resort to pirating like the rest of us? <laughs> I actually have uh, pirate blood um, in my family, but... See, this is uh, why I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> I know, but I think our swashbuckling days are mostly over. I don't know. We'll see how see how the next um, few months go. Um, but you better but yeah. the buckle, or I will be pissed. Okay, I, I will. Um, I'll get my cutlass out after this, and I don't mean the shitty 1990s car. Either way, um, I'm happy. <laughs> But, uh, well, there was two ways of look, going into the game looking at it. Again, I, I think people will uh, would underestimate the Chargers and think, well, they have nothing to gain from this game. But they also had nothing to lose. This was kind of like, you know, it, it reminded me of uh, a certain uh, movie about a non-NFL team uh, that were replacement players um, that said, you know, you're, you have nothing to lose. You're very dangerous people. There's no tomorrow. And that's basically how LA played. It was, um, it was a good game. There was, even though we had, uh, they threw one interception and there were two, um, fumbles, one on a return and one on a run. Um, we still won. So they had zero interceptions, zero, you know, and, and we still ended up beating them out barely but we ended up and there was even a touchdown at the end that was undid undone in right around the two minute mark but it worked out for us because it's like we were able to run out the clock and just kick a field goal to get the two points so um two points above la to win so it was interesting to watch it was you know as always like i'm trying to avoid a myocardial infarction watching the bills play but um but i enjoyed it i had several several beers and sat and watched the game so that that was fun my kids are getting into it and stuff too yelling at the tv with me so we had a good time and then i was watching uh keith's game and i'm watching the highlights of fucking was his name pickens there like that was absolutely fucking crazy oh yeah watching that guy yeah, I was like, "Holy shit!" But I didn't, uh, I didn't watch the the Cowboys game. So, I uh, I I was uh, not able to. I wasn't going to pay Peacock their blood money, uh, even though this is not at all a situation that would call for such a phrase. I just uh, <laughs> I was really hoping for some uh, real petty revenge. I thought that if the Chargers, one of the worst teams in the league, could go in there and beat the Bills and uh, de- defeat their playoff hopes, that would make me feel better which is probably what makes me not a good friend to you. But So how do you feel now? I'm still pretty angry, you know, uh, <laughs> more so. <laughs> but uh, b- before right. we get into that. But do, do you have any hops-flavored uh, toothpaste? or? You know, I'm not, I'm not a big hops guy. Okay. Well, hops is also a, a gun cleaning oil. Oh, I just thought you were asking about my business. <laughs> oh. I don't. Uh, I knew where you were going with that one, though. I, you know, I, uh, no. Well, I mean, I clean my guns differently and I drink beers differently than you. So we obviously can't relate. Before we get into uh, the last part, I'm legally required uh, to talk about uh, how the show happens. So thank you to Ghostbed 
Uh, thank you to our sponsor, GhostBed. GhostBed's been a fantastic sponsor of the show since long before I got here, since back when uh, this was a drinking bros show, which sounds kind of like possibly a sports thing at some point that maybe that's what it was. But thank you to GhostBed. Go over to GhostBed.com. Use the offer code Wolfpack and get 40% off of whatever you find there. We appreciate uh, you going over there and showing support to GhostBed because they support us. We're looking forward to working with them in 2024. If you like this podcast, if you like any of the shows that appear here, go over there, get a GhostBed. If you can't afford the bed, you can get a pillow. Uh, you can go over there and just see what you can find. Use the offer code Wolfpack. It lets them know that we're the ones that sent you there. And they'll send us uh, some revenue back so we can keep going in 2024. Uh, we appreciate that. Use the offer code Wolfpack. We love GhostBed because it's the only uh, mattress company that makes their stuff in the USA. Nothing from you guys. See, this is I'm retiring that. Uh, and you can uh, get 0% down, 0% financing, even if you have uh, Justin Herbert credit. So uh, go over there and uh, use the offer code Wolfpack. Let them know that we sent you. We appreciate it. Thanks to GhostBed for supporting the show. Also, Factor Meals. Folks, uh, when you're eating your feelings, you don't want to have to go out and do that. You want that delivered right to your house. Uh, so go over to Factor Meals. Use the, the offer code Wolfpack50. You could start with 50% off. Right now, it's cold. It's dark. The traffic is terrible. People on the road are worse than the cowboys out there. You want to stay out of the traffic. Uh, so have the food brought right to your house. Over 300 meals uh, on, on their menu. You can pick those all out. You can decide when they get delivered to you. If you're sticking to a diet, uh, if you have a just any kind of food that you're uh, you're hankering for you brought be brought right to your house reverse trick-or-treat style except this is not empty calories sugar unless you really want it to be uh we can have that brought right to your house uh it's cheaper than going out safer than going out it's the time of year where you just want to curl up in front of your tv and watch a movie or a good cowboys game have the food brought right to your house this is not a hungry man dinner heat it up for two minutes it's brought to your house it's not frozen or anything go over to factor muse factor meals Use the offer code Wolfpack50. We appreciate you, Factor, for supporting the show. Uh, thank you, uh, as always, to our fans, uh, people who watch the show. Uh, if you're listening to us on iPod, iPod or iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure your automatic downloads are turned on. That's something that helps us. Uh, hit like and subscribe on YouTube. All the platforms, all the stuff you know to do as a listener to fill your stop. So I'm going to get into it, the final part. That part that's going to bring everybody down. For the record, I was ready for the USA, but you had said last week you were going to retire it, so I didn't I know, know if it's retired now. We're not I taking know. it to 2024, Correct. people. Defense has been outlawed in the NFL. That's right. Your favorite half of the game, no longer allowed. In <laughs> uh, the uh, the thriller match between uh, the the Cowboys and the Dolphins, in which the Cowboys held the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Uh, to uh, a series of field goals, uh, still came up short. Uh, ser a, a, a serious defensive penalty, which happened during the game on Micah Parsons, who has not been called for roughing the passer all year. Uh, additionally, Micah Parsons, linebacker, who has not been called for holding since the October 16th game over the Chargers. Uh, I'll play this clip of uh, him uh, attempting to get a sack on Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. And uh, I guess judge for yourself. I've also, uh, since I don't, I don't want to go on uh, clearly biased, I'll have Micah Parsons speak for himself in a post-game interview. Back, what did the ref say to you on that call? He said, I mean, anybody who's watching, I mean, I won so quick. Like, 
how am I supposed to know he got the ball out? I mean, it's within a second. I didn't leave my feet. I didn't leave with my head. So I don't know what a rough and a passer is anymore. He said I could have done something in some manner to avoid him. But in reality, I ran into D-Law. Like, we both met the quarterback. I mean, like I said, it's just hard to play defense. Is that play Aren't you supposed to have a step anyway in those instances? Aren't you supposed yeah. to at least have a one? He said I, my intent was to punish the quarterback, but how am I trying to punish him if I'm just trying to sack him? I mean, it's not like it's a late hit. It's not like I'm leaving my feet. I didn't leave with my head. Um, I don't know how you make that call. I don't see no justification. He said I just try to punish him, and I, I haven't got a rough in the past all year. What, what do I have against Tua to even try to hurt Tua or anything? I'm just trying to get a sack. I mean, I'm – I'm one clean. Is that is that kind of play more frustrating on the ones that aren't getting called the holdings against you? Yeah, I think that's that's frustrating in itself. I mean, it's like I can't get a call, but I get things called on me, you know. So obviously they looking. They just don't care what they call, you know, as long as it's just not with us. But at the end of the day, I mean, we just got to win these type of games. So I want to hear from you guys first, because obviously I could just go on for about 10 minutes, and it's not fair that I would be the only person with say. Jason, I'll start with you. Well, I didn't like I didn't like the, you know, the umpire referee, whichever, whichever zebra that was, stating to him that he was trying to punish the quarterback. I mean, I think that's so subjective for him to even to even try. He, he's doing his job. He's trying to get a sack, as Micah said. And I, I just don't understand. And we've talked about it, you know, amongst my friend group. These guys are are running at a fast clip and are expected to defy physics and just stop in midair and not hit these quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, the ball was I mean, on that replay, that the, the ball was out, but like he said, I mean, he's coming in a second or less than a less than a second. I don't understand how you can stop, but to say that he's trying to, you know, punish the quarterback. Well, that's kind of football or at least the way I grew up, or at least it used to be. But uh, and it's not just this call. I mean, there's a ton, there's been a ton of roughing the passer calls that were complete and utter bullshit, and it makes these guys have to lighten up. And then in turn, now you're not playing to your full ability. You know what you're getting paid to do. So I, I don't know what the answer is to you know to get to give to him. But I mean, I don't I don't think he was trying to get a sack. I mean, like he said, he never left his feet. He didn't lead with his head. I mean, it, to me, it looked like a good a good hit, but I don't know. Jake? Uh, yeah, I mean, the last time I played, um, like, backyard football, never played seriously. I mean, I, I broke, you know, a rib, an arm, and, you know, almost broke a leg, and thankfully none of them were mine. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with them, though. I mean, watching that watching the play i think that uh there's really not much you can do at that point i think the defensive players have gone above and beyond trying to go from a hit to a plank to not put their body weight on quarterbacks they're avoiding uh quarterbacks and they're getting extra yardage going for slides and stuff because if it looks like they're going to give themselves up you know people are trying to not hit the quarterback at all they're hitting them for roughing the passer if they jump over them to try to avoid a hit, but they make a little bit of contact. Um, it's getting a little ridiculous. And I mean, in that specific play, looking at it, I agree with Keith. I don't think there's anything uh, really he could do. I mean, this isn't the Matrix as much as they'd like to uh, exactly pretend pretend that it is. Where I was gonna go? Yeah, I mean, if if uh, 
that referee would like to demonstrate for us how to run that fast and then move himself out of the way like fucking free willy or something then please uh please show us how that how that goes i mean as much as i don't like agreeing with you john on the cowboys i do on this one it was a hard hit you could see Tua, um you know bouncing bouncing back from it uh the ball was away that's probably the main reason I have, I have a problem with it. There's a bigger context here in which I have a problem with it even further than that. And that has to do with all of the holding penalties that are not being called. Like I said, putting this in the, in the, in the context of the fact that Micah Parsons has not been generating a hold call since October 16th, when he's obviously putting so much pressure on these offenses it just it doesn't make sense to me uh that he's not generating a hold call even one time something that i needed to discuss just in fairness is that uh, there was another uh roughing the passer call in this game and that was uh in the end zone uh or close to it uh prescott also uh was at one point uh almost sacked for a loss and uh it looked like the defensive player who was taking him out threw up his arms like he didn't want to come down on him with his full weight, like he was doing the best that he could. And the way that it looked as the Prescott grabbed the back of his helmet to sort of pull him down on top of him. Uh, I've got an article here uh, from the Sports Rush. I'll read it to you briefly just so that I, I get on my facts straight. Uh, there was a roughing of the passer call against uh, the Miami defense for Dak Prescott. The play occurred on a third and 11 from the Dallas five-yard line when quarterback Dak Prescott took an apparent late hit from Dolphins pass rusher Christian Wilkins. Wilkins extended his arms out after the hit to seemingly show that he was not using his full body weight on Prescott, which is what I just mentioned. However, the penalty was still called, leaving the internet divided over the matter. Wilkins' actions have further exacerbated the ongoing debate within the game about the league being too harsh on defensive players. Analyst Rich Eisen noted the 300-pound linemen have resorted to going through extra lengths to prove that they are not using their full force, and it's still not enough. The debate around the NFL's increasing penalties on defensive players has gained steam this season. Analysts, fans, and even Tom Brady have come out against what they think is the league's crackdown on defense. Similarly, fans challenged the penalty against Wilkins, and there's a whole bunch of uh, stuff here from Twitter. So we were talking about last week, uh, Devontae, or Devontae Casey, uh, being suspended for the season for these types of hits. Uh, you know, I talk about this all the time, about how refs can control the game through calling holds and how I don't want to see that and how at so many so many frequent times or opportune times, particularly for those conspiracy theorists like me who think that, uh, you know, the Eagles or the Chiefs or the Bills have the refs paid off, uh, which whatever is half a joke, uh, you, you can't doubt that, holding does happen and when is holding excessive and when should it be called um you know you can't like i said you i'm trying to figure out what the right answer is because you can't have it called every single time or else you're, you're never going to have an offensive play but i'll just put up some pictures here just for for some context here here's what was going on in that game is micah parsons being held there you know, it certainly kind of kind of looks like he is being held. Uh, he looks very Christ-like in, in he, these photos as well. He looks very, yeah, I know. Uh, he's he's definitely a <laughs> suffering martyr. Here's some other pictures from around uh, around the games uh, since then, uh, where he's uh, 
that's that other same picture there uh, where he's uh, clearly got some players grabbing onto him, stopping him. And here's a picture where he could be getting to Jalen Hurts, but isn't uh, another one in the San Fran game where he's <laughs> again, very Christ-like throwing himself in crucifix form <laughs> at uh, whoever the hell this guy is, Brock Purdy or whatever. And uh, he, he, you know, he's, he's, he's being held, I guess. Um, I was watching, uh, I was talking to Keith about this before the show. There was uh there's another show out there on YouTube where and I don't know the guy's name and I guess I'm not doing a promo for him anyway, so it's fine, but he uh, talks cowboy sports and he's uh, used to play offensive line. And he talks about how some of the, some of the, the no holds calls are Parsons fault, but basically his handwork as he's going through the offensive lines is not such that he could be called for holding because maybe because his arms are up like this as he's running through. Because <laughs> he I feels don't know. Like, he feels like he's flying. He feels like he's flying. Again, these pictures are, you know, they they they're they are showing Parsons at his most uh you know restricted, restrained, most vulnerable or whatever. I he don't is know trying how, to he is trying to bend the space time continuum. He's trying to bend the space time continuum to get through these guys. He's doing some uh, tennis shit. <laughs> yes, Tennant. Again, another Christopher Nolan reference. He's trying to Christopher Nolan's way through these through these uh, lines. And what that offensive player was saying is, is that it's really his fault because his handwork is is not similar to another player like uh, D-Law was mentioned. He's number ninety, Demarcus Lawrence. But Lawrence doesn't get um, he doesn't get you know held back the way Parsons does because Lawrence knows how to do the the arm work to deflect and and negate blocking techniques so that he can get through. And that Lawrence can get through to the quarterback, and Lawrence can get uh, pressures and, and sacks. So I don't know if that's true because I'm not skilled enough as an as a offensive line player to know that. Something that he said that uh, was ridiculous. I thought though he says is that Parsons really should stop complaining because even with all these holds, like I just said, everything that you're seeing here, uh, he's still one of the most uh, dominant and impressive uh, defensive players in the league. And uh, so in spite of it all, in spite of everything going on with the refs, that he's still doing an amazing job. I guess to that I would say it's not the ref's job to bring his stats back back down to earth. Something I said to Keith earlier was is that, you know, this is a phenomenal generational type player. And if every time Micah Parsons is allowed to do his job within the rules of football, even as they are today, if he's driving uh, an offense to go three and out, then that's what should happen every time if he's able to do that. We talk about Patrick Mahomes being a very generational player and how he complained when a, when a call went against him for that uh, Kadarius Tony offsides uh, play that missed, that happened against the bills that, you know, he said the refs were taking greatness away. I've, I'm showing you pictures where greatness is being taken away. If we're ever going to use that phrase, which I kind of, I didn't like it when uh, Mahomes used it, but like this is potentially greatness being taken away and uh, we don't need it. We don't need a, a we don't need three holding calls every single time and, uh, you know, an offense is on the field, but there's no reason why we should be looking at this situation and saying, well, you know, he hasn't been called for, there's been no calls for offensive holding since October 16th in that game against the chargers. It just seems like, it seems like we're definitely just not seeing these calls. I mean, am I wrong? No, I, I think, me. I think he's very close to uh, Matt Milano. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's bringing up a lot of um, there's a lot of people talking about it, people that are involved in football, and also even Tom Brady. So um, obviously, it's the it's getting a little out of hand um, with them trying to uh, hold back defenses. It's it's getting a little ridiculous. 
I'm trying to find pictures of Matt Milano being held here. And what I mostly see is just pictures of him killing people. So I think good for you for having Matt Milano. Uh, I don't want to go on about this because because he you know he's obviously frustrated in the interview. I sound like I have sour grapes over a loss. I don't. My grapes aren't sweet by any means, but it's just if he's going to be called for roughing the passer to the point where he says I don't know what roughing the passer even is anymore, and we're not we're also not calling calling penalties for when he's being held. There's just it just seems completely one sided against him. And yeah, uh, it seems it I seems to me that. like it seems like overall, like let's take Parsons out of the equation. The NFL has, you know, since 1978 has changed the rules and, and has always made it the case that offenses are given a tremendous advantage in a game. They want games that are televised to have high scores, to have lots of people watching, to have thrilling uh, passing offenses. That's why running backs are going the way of the dinosaur. It's all about pat. It's all about passing and catching and throwing. And uh, obviously the pass rush is the enemy of that. So I just wonder how much of this is the league saying we don't want excellent defense in the league. We want excellent offenses. We want to see high scoring games. We want to see, you know, thrilling passes. We want to sell lots of Pfizer commercials and all this. How much of this is the NFL's influence over the game? And, and if so, I, I don't like that. I don't like the idea that politics or even money is influencing the way that we call the game. Let's let's set out the rules. Let's everyone everyone agree to play by those rules. Let the rules play out. Let's not have rules and then just not call them. Uh, that's that's what I what I can't stand. And it's uh, and it's for the sensationalism of it or whatever. And you could say, well, it's good for the game. You know, it's what's made the NFL, you know, dominant in the ratings over basketball on Christmas. It's what's made it, you know, America, you know, America's pastime over baseball. Uh, but it's just the Cowboys have made their team very strong on defense and they did this quite intentionally. And if you're going to neuter defense, whether it's teams with historically strong defense, like the Ravens or the Browns or whoever you want, it doesn't even have to be about the Cowboys, but defense should be allowed to happen. Defense is exciting. Sacks are exciting. Uh, quarterbacks should be under pressure to do their job. And I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't want to see two or anybody else get hurt, but they should be allowed to do it. And you're you're stymieing the careers of people like this uh, for the good of the the owners and stockholders in the NFL, and uh, you know at the expense of uh, people like Parsons and organizations like the Cowboys. I guess I'm I guess I'm done with that. I, I was worked up for several days over this on, on how I was going to talk about it, and I don't think I did a great job just because I am I am pretty damn biased about it. I like Micah Parsons. You know, I, and uh, I'm frustrated that I'm not getting to see him kick ass uh, DeMarcus Ware style because DeMarcus Ware was a tremendous player. He's, uh, I'm just glad. I'm just glad he didn't start crying like I thought yeah. he would. You know, I, I usually will right. save the crying for when we're off the air. Um, <laughs> I, I sometimes I will stream that on Instagram, though, and I get a lot of. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of what actually comes out of the owners meetings that they had a couple weeks ago and what changes are going to come about for next year Yeah, with the, with the officiating problems, you know, that was addressed in one way, shape or form. So it'll be interesting to see when that whole, that whole meeting agenda comes out. I I was looking at some memes about uh, just what happened in that Eagles giants game that I also didn't watch, but, but apparently the officiating was so bad in that, that, uh, you know, it was just beyond the pale that you had Eagles players, you know, offsides or neutral zone infractions or whatever these pre-snap penalties and it just would they wouldn't even call the dead the play dead and they wouldn't they, they didn't call the penalty at any point 
I, I think the officiating is, is I, I honestly feel this way. I know, like I said, this is a week of sour grapes where I'm not feeling the best, but I, I was so frustrated this week. I'm like, I, I'm not giving up on the Cowboys, but I am almost giving up on the NFL. And it's not because of the fucking politics from 2020 or all that stuff that really should have bothered me more than it did. But it's like, this isn't really a league of sports if we really do have the strings being pulled by officiating that we call inept because we don't want to believe that it's all scripted um you know i don't know it's well and i'd like to put five dollars down now on the table <laughs> metaphorically that uh micah parsons's account will be fifty thousand dollars lighter after that comment even oh, though really? even yep. though we know um like i said i begrudgingly agree with him because after watching that clip um there's not much he could have done that's that is one bullshit thing i you know it's one thing i i in discretion for everything right but yeah they're gonna find him for that for coming out and saying that that the officials only call things against us but i just showed you evidence that like he's he's not being just he's not generating a holding call in 30 quarters or whatever it is so many so many games how many many snaps there's not been one holding call this guy's playing against teams like the giants the jets and whatever else all these terrible all these terrible teams and he's not generating holding calls against them it's uh it's just it's it's ridiculous and, and the, the proof is right there and all he is is saying all he is doing is saying the emperor doesn't have any clothes on you know everyone can see what's wrong and he's the only one who's calling calling the officiating out for it and he's the one who's, who's going to pay the price for it so i know it's just football and it doesn't really matter but i guess it's just another form of injustice and when i'm trying to go to football to get away from all the bullshit in this country about who's allowed to run for president and who's not and who's on an Epstein list and why we won't get to talk about it. Like, I just want to like go to the world of football. And all I'm seeing there is the same kind of power brokering and exactly. shadows, shadow stuff that just drives me nuts in the real world. It's like, we can't have a pure sport. We can't just have this uh, be a true relief or a break from what's going on in the real world. It's just shades of the same thing. And it's, it's, it's just one more thing that I'm not allowed to have and enjoy. And I guess this is my show, so I get to really fucking complain about it. But I want to turn this, turn it around because we are we are headed for like New Year's Eve, and like let's be positive, you know, let's uh, have some kind of energy over there. Did you guys uh, get to see the the uh, the possible Super Bowl foreshadowing there with the Ravens and the 49ers? I know I don't know if you know this, but the the Super Bowl logo this year is red and purple. So I just wondered if you saw that game at all. It was. Uh, Big blowout. The Ravens uh, took the the 49ers to task. You guys have any opinions on that at all? Wasn't wasn't the way I thought that game was going to go. That's for sure. I mean, I yeah. didn't think it was going to be that that overpowering. But I mean, two two good teams that one of them showed up, and one of them didn't. But uh, the Ravens, the Ravens are the real deal, man. I mean, it's yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, it's I love when we get down to this point in the season. Although I don't want it to end because I love football, but. This is this is where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, it's uh, exciting. You do, we do have some teams out there playing spoilers like the Chargers, but uh, we have a lot of teams still in contention. I I just think it's funny that every offseason or given his contract dispute, so many people say Lamar Jackson's overrated or he's not worth the money he's being paid or that uh, he ripped off the Baltimore organization or that he's not a true quarterback because if he's, he's more of a running guy. He's fallen into the traps that people like Michael Vick and even Donovan McNabb. Uh, God, God rest his soul, fell into that because they're running quarterbacks that they're not smart enough to throw, they're not smart enough to play in the pocket, and yet he just schools people all the time. Uh, I think, I think that, that 
Do you guys think that maybe Lamar has made a case for himself uh, for the MVP this year? Um, he's certainly uh, playing at the same level that he did before, and he would be um, one of just a handful that have um, have gotten two MVPs, right? Um, yeah. There's only a handful of people that have ever done that before. I certainly think he's playing um, playing good football. There's no question. I think in years past, he's been kind of overhyped, but I think – um, he has shown up this year and, and been playing well. Um, you alluded to earlier about the fact that there's other sports shows on YouTube. Um, I, I haven't gotten with, I don't have my tinfoil hat on. I haven't gotten my script yet um, for the rest of the season or the Super Bowl. So I don't really know what's going to happen. I did finally see what you were talking about, though. I saw the, the colors and stuff for the Super Bowl. And uh, they were talking about... Um, possibly you know maybe we should just move the super bowl to carolina or something so that we no one will have home field advantage because that will never happen so <laughs> uh jason uh, redirecting back towards my obvious trap do you think that uh L- lamar jackson is uh putting up uh, mvp numbers i think i think he's pretty close i don't, I don't know that i don't i don't know who i would put above him completely at it but i don't know that i wouldn't oh, hold him there you don't know Not trying to be put a- above him I'm not oh. trying to put, I'd be put Dak Prescott above him. Look at those stats, people. <laughs> Prescott beating him in everything except rushing yards. Prescott's got 237 rushing mar- yards. Uh, Jackson's four, 741, which Jackson, you know, he's a good scrambler. He's running around. Prescott knows better than to run around and, like, break off his ankle again. But look at that. Leading in every category, but the people call him someone who chokes. They call him a bump quarterback, but he's leading Lamar in all these, all these stats. Passing yards, yards per game. Uh, how many touchdown passes they're tied for interceptions, quarterback rating, uh, completion percentage, Prescott making uh, Lamar Jackson look like a chump, but because Prescott plays for the Cowboys, he's automatically out of the situation. (laughs) There you go. You have been set up. Uh, (laughs) I knew it was coming. I just didn't know where it was coming from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, No, I mean, (laughs) as I said, said, it was an obvious trap. I I kept, I kept not dropping the subject. You guys like Lamar Jackson, right? You think he's great, don't you? Boom. No, he's all right. <laughs> Bomb drop. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. There's always an agenda with me. For as much as I hate agendas, like I've definitely always, uh, I've, always got, I've always got something another sh- another shoe waiting to drop. You guys, uh, you guys got big plans for uh for New Year's? You guys looking to some for any college bowl games that you're looking forward to? Or you got big plans? You just gonna go to work or? We've got a. Uh, we're part of uh, the Sons of the American Legion. At our oh my Legion gosh! Post. Is that a, is that an insurrectionist group? Shh, quiet. But we we we, we run a we run a New Year's Eve party um, to help raise money for the post. So I will oh. be doing that. We will have TVs on. We will be watching football, but I will be busy, kind of working, but having fun, working, drinking, celebrating okay. 2024 coming in. That'll be good. And Jake, uh, what part of what separatist group are you going to be working with this this weekend? <laughs> what militia group? Uh, the Wolverines. Oh, very nice reference. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, it keeps me warm. Um, yeah, no, I'll I'll be uh, I'll be behind bars once again for New Year's Eve. It'll be a busy night. Lots of lots of drunks coming in, and all, it'll be very interesting to see who gets uh, posted in booking because. Um, they won't be doing anything else except booking people in, I'm sure. Yeah. This is, uh, this and 4th of July is the worst day to be a 911 dispatcher. A lot of fireworks complaints. 
a lot of complaints in general of people who are going to bed at 8 p.m. And they don't understand why anyone would stay up late. And they'll <laughs> say, well, I know it's New Year's, but this is ridiculous. So, like, you're scaring my children or my dogs don't know what to do or my dogs are traumatized from the dog war. So they, the fireworks are, are activating their dog PTSD. Uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't be there. I've taken it off this year. Uh, it's it's going to be especially loathsome this year because Monday is the first, so everyone will have Monday off. And people people are generally more sedate on Sunday night than they are on Saturday night because they have to go back to work. So uh, the 31st falling on a Sunday and not having to work on Monday morning, the extended weekend of it all, it's going to be insane. Uh, I'll be working the first, though, so I will be there on a holiday. I think by then most things will have calmed down. We'll still get some fireworks complaints, but people will be rather sedate to go back to work hopefully on January 2. So I'll be working some. If you're a first responder and you're working New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Failure Stop. Thanks for listening to Illegal Shift. Thanks for listening to me uh, You know, devolve into a sea of black emotion right before your eyes when this is supposed to be a fun sports show. Uh, we appreciate you listening to us, giving us a shot here on Thursdays. You know, this show's brand new. We're exploring things. We're trying things out. We're going to have, uh, I think our next week's episode will probably be live. If you want to call in and be a part of the show, I'm talking to you bone cold. You can call in and talk about how the Eagles will probably have won the division by then. Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll have a long conversation about that because... You know, uh, the NFC East has been trading off division champions every year for the past 20 years thereabouts, but the last time it was the Eagles. So getting ready to eat some crow at the hands of the Eagles. But uh, I believe I believe in the Cowboys still. And uh, even if it's not this year, which I still believe it is, it will be next year because we are now and always will be America's team. Kiefer, uh, good luck to you guys as you as you and the playoffs continue for you in the regular season. I got nothing against the Bengals. I would love to see them uh, – uh, since I didn't play the Bengals this year, I don't think. If we did, I don't remember playing the Bengals. But uh, <laughs> I would love to see them win more than the Bills now that I've got some animosity built up for Jake. So, uh, Jake, good luck against uh, – which team are you? Which team are the Bills playing this week? you got nobody this week, right? The Patriots. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You're probably going to kick the shit out of them. But uh, the Chiefs just beat right. the Broncos, and the Chiefs did – or excuse me, the Patriots did beat the Chiefs this year, and they beat you this year. So, well, and yesterday was the was the uh, anniversary, um, two year anniversary of that game uh, against the Patriots, where the uh, Bills didn't punt the entire game. So, I know you have a tattoo of that, so I know that that matters a lot to you. I I can't show it because of YouTube's guidelines. Oh, I know. Well, so. you can't show your face because of YouTube's guidelines. Well, I can't show you where I can't show you where uh, Matt Milano is tattooed on my body. I've seen that tattoo, dude. I'm telling you that uh, you obviously it gets had... bigger when I think of him too. <laughs> gross, gross. End the show. End the show. Oh, my God, end the show. Hell. For those you... for those that are listening to us too, I keep looking off to my left because this can says focus on the bottom of it, so it's distracting me. You know, yes, ironically, this is a this is a children's show, and you've ruined it. <laughs> All right, guys, happy New Year! Thanks for being here. Thanks for playing happy New Year with my grapes. I appreciate you. Guns up, giddy up. Good night, America. Happy New Year.